Welcome back to the Birth Booth Podcast with me, your host, Eni. Joining us today, we have Mimi and Dr. Alexis Amaye. Mimi is the owner of a thriving cakes business called Mimi to You Cake, with over 10 years experience in the cake industry. I call Mimi literally super mother because she has four children and is running a successful business. Dr. Alexis Amaye is a managing director for Free to Transform Coaching Consultants an organizational performance firm that works with individuals and companies with a PhD in business information systems, PhD. She has over 15 years experience as an entrepreneur in the USA, Europe, and Africa. In addition to being a mother, she's a writer, corporate trainer, and motivational speaker. She believes that pregnancy can offer a peak to creative energy that can be channeled into creating new business products and services for new mothers. Mimi and Alexis, welcome to the birth. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hey. Great, 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 great. Fabulous. So before we get into things, here on the birth booth, we like to kind of kick things off with an icebreaker. So are you ready? Yep. Go for it. So Mimi, talk to us about what has been the most important life lesson that you've learned so far. I oh gosh, I've learned to I've learned to look forward basically to always go like keep pushing forward for whatever I want to achieve in life with my children husband marriage everything to always just keep looking forward to just keep putting one foot in front of each each other we're always going to be faced with obstacles but as long as you keep moving forward you always walk past whatever you're going through or walk through whatever you're going through so I think that's one of the main things I've learned in life um and Alexis if you were stranded on a desert island what two things would you bring or what two people would you bring and why Hmm. I would bring MacGyver and my Bible. Uh, MacGyver, because he can fix just about anything. He'll make a boat. He'll get us off that island. <laughs> and my Bible to give me something to do while I'm watching him rickety up a shack. <laughs> no, MacGyver is a good shout. Like, seriously, that is a good shout. He can do anything. <laughs> he can do anything. You give him a straw and a piece of string, you got a boat. We don't even know how it happened. <laughs> So I know you, but some of the audience may not know you guys. So would you mind giving us like a brief introduction um, about yourself, uh, a little bit about who you are, what you do? You want to go ahead, Mimi? (laughs) No, you go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, so uh, I'm a New York transplant here in Europe. I've been here almost six years, came out to do a PhD, and I stayed because of the business opportunities. I, I came with my son. Um, so I left the thriving skincare, hair care business in uh, the States to pursue the PhD. So my son and I came out here when he was eight years old, and we've been here for almost six years now. Um, about me, I, I work hard, I play hard, I strategize, I'm overwhelmed with too many ideas, and I like pina coladas and getting stuck in the rain because I live in Ireland and it's raining all the time. <laughs> okay, hi. Um, fun fact, I lived in Ireland for three years. Um, and I loved Ireland, and God it was an amazing you, place Mimi. to live in. God bless you. <laughs> but I was quite, yeah. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Um, okay, hi everyone. My name is Miriam, but everyone knows me as Mimi from Mimi Tea Cakes. Um, I have been doing cakes for a long time now, over ten years. It wasn't what I had written down in my career path, but hey, here we are. I'm a mum. I've got four kids. I'm married, and yeah. Um, my, I, I mean, taking off the back of Dr. Alexis, she likes pina coladas. I like mojitos. <laughs> Don't get to drink it often, but hey. <laughs> we can dream. We can dream. <laughs> we can dream. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely about me. So, guys, the aim of today um, is to kind of discuss, to talk about entrepreneurship and pregnancy. Um, because I know a few moms-to-be who are thinking, okay, Now that I'm going to have a baby, are there business opportunities that I can create for myself? How can I create some business opportunities for myself? I really want to start a business and now I'm going to have a lot more time now that I'm, you know, going to have a baby and I'm going to have a lot of time on my maternity leave. So could you talk to us a little bit about how to start a business? I know that's quite a broad question, but for an expectant mother, who is thinking of starting a business, who may have some ideas in terms of business opportunities for herself, what's your advice on how to start a business, especially when you're a pregnant person? 
Go ahead, Dr. Alexis. <laughs> no, don't let the doctor fool you. Yeah, you call me Alexis. <laughs> Just call me Alexis. You okay, okay, cool. Alexis. <laughs> Go ahead, <laughs> Mimi. You hit that one. Um, I would say have an idea. The first thing to do is what are you good at? Literally, what are you good at? What what do you know how to do really well? And that could be your first idea for a business. Like for me, I I was I wanted to be a chef, but I knew how to bake. And that's how my business grew. It was just, I knew how to bake. So I just started making cakes for people at my church. And literally my business grew through word of mouth. So if you're good at something, turn that into your business. There's no point trying to go into an industry that you know, have no idea about because it's harder. It's 10 times harder. So if you're good at something, then that should be your first business. And then you can take it from there. Absolutely. I think that, you know, being good at something is great. Being able to see problems that you want to solve. You know, I think sometimes when, um, you know, when I, when I teach about opportunity recognition, I, I tell my students, you know, being able to recognize an opportunity has very little um, to do with finding the best solution or the best idea or the best uh, service or product, but really about you seeing a problem and being this, able to say, I've got an idea that can solve that problem. And I think mm -hmm. that pregnancy, you know, offers with it a certain amount of creativity where, you know, if, if you're not as talented as someone like Mimi who can bake wonderful cakes, you know, maybe you have a gift of gab like I do. My tongue don't ever get tired. And so, you know, for me doing training and, and, and doing um, coaching, that, that's something that I love to do. That's something that's easy for me. But I recognize also that there's other problems that my products can solve. And so being pregnant, having the free time, being able to do the research, do all those things that happen before launching a business. Um, I say explore, get to know yourself, get to know what you're, what, what you're about, but find something that's worth solving because that's ultimately going to be how you're going to launch a business that will be successful. Absolutely. And obviously, if you're, I mean, being a pregnant person, you probably go through quite a lot of, you know, emotions you know, physical, you know, might have some physical restraints as well in terms of carrying baby and, you know, all these things. What is your advice in terms of how to manage that? Because if I'm pregnant and I'm carrying a nine-month-old baby or eight-month-old baby, perhaps I may not have as much energy to focus on the business. So what advice do you have in terms of, you know, navigating my way through my pregnancy and starting a business? Um, the, before you have the baby, I'll say the best, that's the best time to do your research Yes. because you have the time to actually sit down and do, there's so much research out there. Like literally just Google anything. You would find answers to any question that you're looking for. So at that time is not the time to start doing the heavy lifting. That's the time to be doing your market research, finding out your suppliers, finding things that you possibly need for your business, stockpiling things so that once you have the baby and you're in that mind frame, you're not trying to do all of those things of looking for what's the best process service or the packaging or all of that stuff that's the time for you to start getting all that stuff lined up so when you've had the baby and you're back to the mindset of i need to get this done now you have all those things ready to go so that you're not waiting for so when customers come in they're not waiting oh i'm sorry i've run out of stock stock yeah. that's one of the things new businesses they run out of stock so quickly because they're not prepared that they might get demand so that's the time to set up and make sure you have enough of everything so when you start selling out you have enough to keep you going for a couple of months and you can start building up your stock as it depletes at the same time absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely i think also you know using the time creative creatively um in terms of really exploring skill sets that you may have to um, increase you know you may have to develop a website you may have to learn how to interact on social media you may have to learn how to create a brochure and, you know, different things and different products. It's a part of that research process where, yeah, you engage in research, tr trying to understand your industry, trying to understand um, more about the sector that you're offering your service or your product in. But there's other things, other skill sets that I think as a pregnant woman, um, you can definitely um, leverage that time to learn and enhance. And you say pregnant person, what is that? I've heard that from other, uh, other English people, pregnant. Can other people besides women be pregnant? <laughs> well, well, this is the thing. I mean, technically, we have to use the word pregnant person, person. <laughs> because we have to transition and accommodate the LGBTQ 
society. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. for that reason, the, the PC. Okay. For that reason, technically, we say pregnant person. Okay. Most people will still say pregnant mothers, mothers, pregnant women. Just to be all inclusive, yes, yeah, pregnant person. But that's okay. I mean, a lot of us are still trying. So to sorry if I offend any of your listeners or just call them <laughs> pregnant women. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> That's why we have the awareness now, guys. Pregnant person is a great term. <laughs> so, um, Mimi, talk to us a little bit about the transition between um, working uh, for an employee, um, for an employer, and starting a business. Because I know we had a conversation before, and you said you actually worked um, as an employee before you started your yes. business. Is that correct? Yes, I worked as an employee. I worked for a catering firm because that's what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to work as a chef. I didn't quite work out so I said okay fine I'll go to the other house which was front of house and I worked for a catering company and um, it was good I enjoyed my job because it was what I was passionate about I liked creating events and at one point in time I even set up an events company but that, that's another story for another day and um, it kind of um, and then I got married uh, long story short I had to stop working and then I got married and then once I got married my husband was like oh do you want to go back because company had always said oh when you're ready come back and we'll give you back your job maybe a higher position and then literally my husband I was making so I started making cakes in 2009 so when I finished uni around September I started making cakes so basically my dad I don't know if this is too much sharing but my dad had a stroke and we needed people at home to sort of watch him at the time because he was he as a side product of his stroke he started having epileptic fits so um he always needed someone at home so if he had a fit we knew the best way to position him and yeah. all the all the stuff that went along with it so I had to stop working so I started making cakes like I said I started doing cakes for people at church and word of mouth it grew and then um I met my husband we got married and he was like okay you have this job why don't you go back to work mm-hmm. and then I was like yeah so I was kind of going back should I give up cakes because by this time I'd been running my cake business for two years and then um literally the month we I had decided I was going to stop making cake and go back to work I found out I was pregnant with my first child mm. and so um obviously when I was working for that company there was a lady there who was pregnant and she lied about a pregnancy she didn't tell them she was pregnant um for the, for the longest time and then she told them that she was pregnant but then she also said she was like two months behind how much she was pregnant because she didn't want to get fired or put on restrictive duty and stuff like that because in events you're carrying wine champagne yeah. logging heavy boxes up and down yeah. and so from her from and when they finally found out she was pregnant I think she went into early labor um because of all the strain she was putting in her body yeah. and then I think they just kind of let her go afterwards because mm-hmm. it was like you can't lie to us about something like that because there's insurance and all these yeah, other I factors think. that come into yeah. play yeah so I think they kind of let her go so when I found out I was pregnant I was like I don't know if it's the right time for me to go back into full-time employment because mm. I'm already pregnant so we then decided you know what you're already doing this business it's kind of going okay just continue with it and that's how I became or the decisions become a full-time entrepreneur came in obviously having my other children it just made more sense because I'm at home I can look after them it mm. saves on childcare. um obviously because I'm at home yeah. and the business I do working from home as well it just works and it blends seamlessly with my kids my husband because obviously he's self-employed as well and yeah that's basically how I became an entrepreneur it was purely I, I guess it wasn't purely by, by chance because I chose to become an entrepreneur through other factors but then it's just become my life now and I've been doing it for 10 years mm-hmm. that's a beautiful story I think you know what I hear is providence you know and I think for thank you for entrepreneurship you know there's some people that think oh you're gonna wake up one day and say I'm gonna be an entrepreneur or I'm gonna start a business you know for me it was it was kind of just circumstantial I'd always had a business on the side um when I definitely when I took on the PhD um and I just recently made the decision to be full-time um as because my career didn't allow for me uh, to, to, to have the time to, 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 to run my business. I, I, I found that there was a struggle there and there was a tension there. I love being at home doing my business, but I also love being at work. And unlike you, Mimi, I, mine was more of an office environment. So, you know, I didn't have to worry about that too much, but I did take my son to work often. 
so he was he's always been a part of my business experience so um and 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 just my career experience so he's always been with me underneath the desk during a hurricane if i'm having to work <laughs> oh, wow um, if i'm you know even with um the business my skincare business it was because of the need that he had um to address his eczema mm-hmm. um and, and so I think that at least for me, being an entrepreneur, there's, that's a mindset. And it's not a question of, of if I'm going to do a business, it's what type of business and will that business be profitable enough for me to do it full time? I think being a mom and being an entrepreneur, they make sense, especially if after the third child, you're going to have to pay for daycare and anything that you make is going to go towards daycare. You might as well be at home being an enterprising woman or enterprising person, um, you know, growing your business from home and being able to take care of your kids. Absolutely. I mean, I've spoken that's amazing. To, absolutely. Like, wow, guys, you guys are just incredible. But I've spoken to um, some women who are like, you know, they love their jobs because you guys, you know, you transitioned into entrepreneurship. But I know that not everybody perhaps wants to transition into entrepreneurship that, that way. Perhaps it's something they might still want to do alongside their job. What's your advice for trying to still maintain a full-time job, but maybe considering adjusting into entrepreneurship, if that makes sense? Time management, time management. You know, it's a balancing act. If you're working a full-time job and you're in managerial roles and you're, you know, are in executive positions, you know, you hear them say, lean in. Mm-hmm. And when they're telling a woman or a person to lean in, they're telling them to give their all at the workplace. And if you're giving your all at the workplace, are you going to have anything left over to to pick up your business when you get home? That's the question that you have to ask for yourself. So, you know, it's about time management and prioritizing. Um, One of the things that I always encourage people to do is keep track of how your business is progressing, um, because that becomes an indication of, is it time to let go of my full-time job in exchange for my sideline passion? And, you know, for for quite a few folks, um, myself included, you know, I, I'm at work, but I'm checked out <laughs> because I'm thinking about my customers. I'm thinking about my clients. I'm thinking about things I need to order. You know, I'm using the office machine. I, uh, please forgive me, PG&E. I'm using the office <laughs> to print off my flyers. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> there's some benefits of being at work, but, you know, truth be told, you ha- it's a balancing act. Yeah. And if you're trying to balance work and a side business and motherhood, God bless those women that have partners. <laughs> you know, and husbands that can support them. But that's sometimes not always the case for everyone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And I think they have to become mentally ready because it's a huge sacrifice. The amount of work that goes into, I think people... I'm not saying that entrepreneurship is glamorized, but now everyone's like, oh, be an entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur. But people don't understand that it's hard work. It's long nights. Like it's, and if you're married, your husband has to be supportive of what you're doing because you have to sacrifice a lot to get your business off the ground. You just don't launch a business and it's profitable in the first year, second year. Like it's literally, you have to, you have to be tough with yourself because you will have hard days. You have days when you're like, oh my gosh, is this really worth it? Yeah. Is this really, am I ready for this sacrifice? Because you have yeah. to give up a lot. And your husband, your partner, your kids, everybody mm-hmm. has to sacrifice. So as long as, as, with everything else Alexis has said, you have to yeah. think about that as well. Because being an entrepreneur is not easy. It's not it's at all. Not. But <laughs> it's worth it in the long run, but you have mm. to get in the right mindset. Mm. It's- the mindset and the type of business because not every business is going to lend itself to what's required of you you know if you're doing you know if you're doing a service business or if you're making products or you're you know different businesses offer different benefits um and you know Fumi I had alluded to this you know Mm -hmm. some people can throw their noses in the air but multi-level marketing MLM companies have been around for decades. And a lot of mothers, a lot of women do really well there because it's just a business in a box. And for a person that's not super creative and a person that's not super focused, it gives them all the tools that they need, the structure, the rigor of being in a business without having to take on those risks that come with overhead. Um, And so that's something to think about too, if you're a mom and you're saying, okay, well, I've got I'm going to, I'm trying to scale back at work so that I can be sure that I can take care of my family, yeah. or my, my child, 
when the baby comes, you know, what are my options? Traditional businesses are one thing, digital businesses are another, but there's so many different business models out there that, you know, are turnkey ready that you can choose from instead of having to make something from scratch. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that I'm noticing is how some mothers will have their babies and then make the decision to say, oh, actually, I don't want to go back to work now because A, I love bonding with my child and I love this time. But at the same time, the the reality is that there are financial constraints, which might mean that the mother has to then go back into work. At that point, we all know that businesses can't, they don't, they don't start straight away. You know, if you want to start a business, it's not, the, the profit doesn't come on day one, or for not most businesses anyway. So what is your advice um, for someone in that situation then? Ooh, um, if you make the decision to not go back to work, I would say if you're going if you're going to make that decision, you have to plan six months beforehand. You need to start saving and be preparing that you're not going to have that income that you were getting before you had the baby. So if you know, like you said, in, um, profit doesn't come straight away. So if you know, okay, you're going to push and be a full-time entrepreneur, you have to make sure that you have enough to sustain you for about six months. Because if you get to like month four and things are a bit... Um, slow you might decide okay let me pick up a part-time job but then you still have another two months of income to pay your bills while you're job searching because after you have a baby going back to work as well can sometimes be difficult Mm -hmm. um so you need time to look for a job to go for interviews to go through all the process so always make sure you have some sort of financial backing behind you if you're going to do it so prepare beforehand and just make sure that you're ready things to be a bit slow and you might need to pick up a part-time job or start working from home just Mm -hmm. to bring in extra income Mm -hmm. i think you know a lot of women um i think sometimes when we talk about entrepreneurship and we talk about pregnancy um we should also talk about the elephant in the room and that a lot of pregnant women are discriminated against you know they're discriminated against in terms of uh you know some of them are penalized if they leave the workforce too long on that maternity leave um, some of them, if you, if you see that woman that's six months pregnant, are you going to hire her? You know, I was fortunate um, when I was pregnant. Um, I, was, I was actually hired into, my, um, in, into, uh, into this particular job at four months pregnant. And I was showing. <laughs> I was showing. And I was just so appreciative of that fact because um, the, the gentlemen that I worked with, they were all husbands. They all had wives. They knew the drill. They also knew that here I was, a woman um, that, was, that just needed employment. And so I think that if, you're, if you are going to be that woman and you're going to make that decision and say, hey, I'm having this baby. I'm not going back to work. As Mimi said, plan. You have to plan. And you have to realize that if you make a decision and you change your mind eight months into it and you've left your job, you may not, it may be hard for you to find another one, you know, mm-hmm. and, and those are the, the realities of the situation. Those are the realities, I think, of making the decision of choosing um, to be self-employed. And, and like, right. like you said, Mimi, sometimes we over-glamorize, oh, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. It's being self-employed. And, and, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, there's nothing glamorous about being self-employed. That's why nobody wants to say it. <laughs> It's, you know, and, and it's, it's very, it's, it's a hard decision to, to walk away from your baby every single day and go to work when you know you'd rather be there with your child. So if you know that you've got that mindset that says, I want to be independent, I want to make my own time, I want to be self-employed, use yeah. your pregnancy to, to explore that, to identify that, and don't be afraid to jump into it because that security gland will snap in there and you will find that you have more energy and more desire to succeed because of that baby. I mean, you guys talk, uh, you touched on um, a few benefits, some of the benefits of being an entrepreneur. What are some of the benefits to you personally that you have experienced through your life experience so far of being an entrepreneur? Alexis? No, go ahead, Mimi, girl. You got 10 years in the game. Obviously, um, the benefits, I guess, um, see my kids grow. Um, I'm here 24-7 um, with them. Obviously, money is a big factor because 
nursery, daycare. Well, in yeah, in the UK, you have different levels of daycare. So there's like playgroup, which is like the same hours as a school and full-time nursery, which is like from like five o'clock in the morning until like seven o'clock at night. And they're, they're two different cost factors. I'm not even going to lie. So um, for me, when I tried to put my child in nursery and they told me I'd have to pay 50 pounds a day per child, oh, it came up to like, I think it was like 4,000 pounds or something silly like that I'd have to pay per month. To have both of them in full-time nursery oh and so I was like okay we're just going to do play group and then we, so we have a, this amazing play group that my kids went to and it was significantly cheaper to have them in play group because at the same time as much as I'm at home with them it's good for them to interact with kids outside so yeah. taking them to play group was to build their social skills because eventually they would have to go to school and interact with other children but um it saves me a lot of money working from home um having to see them develop and I know the quirks of my kids so that if anything mm-hmm. was to ever happen I could be like yo that's not my child what are you doing because yeah. my child is not the same person and obviously mm-hmm. um it just helps family life for me I guess family is important to me so it helps my family life especially my husband now he's self-employed we both work together sometimes so it's easy for us to be at home because we can take the load of each other sometimes when the kids need to when, when we need to run buffers with the kids and stuff like that so yeah I think that's one of the benefits for me is just seeing my kids grow and develop saving money is a huge factor mm-hmm. and yeah that's that's for me yeah I think for me it's um I, as I mentioned I, I've I'm trans I have transitioned um over the last six years out of full-time employment and I was in corporate America high pressure job Um, I had the guilt I didn't want to be at work but I succeeded at work I didn't want to be there I had the guilt of of seeing not being able to see my kid not being able to afford to stay at home with him um, and having to make a very hard choice which was leave my industry leave my country to pursue a PhD and that was in light of me wanting to just restore that relationship. And so I think the biggest benefit um, is remembering that my son comes first and being willing to make that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And it's been a significant sacrifice. He's a teenager now. He doesn't appreciate anything I do. (laughs) But it was a sacrifice. And it was something that I see that has been worthwhile. and even during the PhD process, I was a full-time employee. I was a full-time entrepreneur, you know, not, not the hustling type, but I was running two businesses, hard body during the PhD and doing them at home. And there's that comfort that comes from just being at home with Mm -hmm. your kid and being able to involve, my son is a little bit older, being able to involve him in the business. So he's become a lot more creative. He's been able to get new skills um, that his peers don't have. He can yeah. sell you um, a bottle of ice in Alaska. You know, like <laughs> all of my, my son, he's, and, and I, I really just put that on him um, because he was so involved in the business from a very yeah. young age. Mm. Um, that took a lot of pressure off of me um, because he's more detail oriented than I am. He's, yeah. he's more um, savvy than I am. So being able to see him grow and being able to see him, you know, take ownership of some things if I could have things, you know, all perfect, I would love to be able to give him an empire that he could run because I've been trying to see that skill set develop in him. But yeah, yeah that, that benefit, you can't put a price tag on that. There's no price tag that you can put on that. Mm, absolutely. I mean, what are some of the, like in your experience, or maybe particularly Mimi, like what has been some of the like, kind of common businesses that you see mothers, pregnant mothers or new expectant mothers start? Is there like a... I don't know is it, or is it just um, random mixture of things I think it's always a random mixture of things but I think there's always like there's the makeup artist there's the food slash catering um cakes obviously and then you have the motivational then you have the mums the mum pages and then and you have the motivational side of things as well so those are the I think five main businesses I see a lot of mums going into mm. and like Alexis said some people don't have skill base so they have the gift of the gap so that comes them there's that as well and then I think I think it's just amazing because you see so many people who have been good at things for so long and they're like do you know what let's level up yeah let's try and make this into a business let's try Mm -hmm. and 
mm-hmm. finally do something that I've learned for so long. Let me put it out there and see how people receive it and people take to it. And I think that 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 is amazing. And I'm always mm-hmm. telling mums because um, that you know if you're good at something and you know you can monetize it, monetize it. Why exactly. not? Exactly. Like why not? Exactly. I mean, and I, I would agree. Like, there's no one type of business that a mother's going to go into. We're women. We're in all. We're on all sectors. We're in all industries. You know, I think that um, some of the things that I have seen, um, a lot more mothers are gravitating towards um, management consulting. So consulting, yeah. if they come out of corporate or they've come out of offense environments and they've got mm-hmm. really specialized knowledge, yeah. um, they're they're getting into training. They're getting to RH, HR consulting, recruitment, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen mothers thrive in businesses like Avon, Young Living, Monet. Um, again, a lot of those MLM businesses because they're so flexible yeah. and they, they don't require a lot of effort. And I would, I would say that the first time I, one of my first businesses um, was an MLM prepaid legal. And I went to the conference, the annual conference that I had, and I'd never seen so many pregnant women <laughs> in one place. <laughs> and it was like... <laughs> It, it was just ref- for me. I wasn't interested in babies. I wasn't interested in marriage. I was still very young, but I was like, "Why are there so many pregnant women around?" <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that you know, it, it depends on who you are, what your skill set, what your focus is, what your desires are. So find something that works for you on your own terms, and don't let it. Don't let money be the the underlining factor okay. um, for what you pursue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I mean, talk to us about how you manage your time between looking after a newborn, a baby and managing a business, because that's kind of like the second stage now. What does that look like? Girl, you learn to do a lot while you're nursing. <laughs> I, said, I, got, I got really good at sending emails with a baby on my titty. <laughs> um, gosh, with me. Um, obviously, when I had my kids, I always took three months off. Um, that was the most I could possibly physically take off for my business because with cakes, there's such a co- competitive market that you don't want to get forgotten about. I know that sounds mad, but mm-hmm. it's the truth. So three months, I would take time just to get my body back, get my son to the, well, they don't do anything like three months, but anyway, just trying to get myself back to normal yeah. and then, or some some level of normality and then I went back to work and I just used to be, I used to just write lists of everything I had to achieve in a day. And then um, the baby just had to sit around what I had to do. So yeah, I learned how to breastfeed with my baby in the sling, um, which I know that sounds mad, but if you know how to do it, you know how to do it. <laughs> I learned how to have the baby on my hip and be making a cup of coffee or tea or cook mm-hmm. dinner. You just learn how to adapt because you have to learn how to adapt. Like, it's not normal anymore so you just have to learn how to adapt and I think that's where success comes in because if you learn how to adapt you're good if you don't learn how to adapt you get stressed out really easy and nine times out of ten you're like I can't do this and you just give up absolutely absolutely and Mimi let me get let me ask you did you time your babies according to um wedding season no do you know what I wish I'd planned all my full pregnancies but I didn't they just kind of happened I was like oh shoot I'm pregnant again (laughs) Um, but it always worked out fine (laughs) it does you know I I think that you know to the point that you were making Mimi it's an adjustment and I think sometimes we forget that those hormones that are in our body when we're pregnant they are getting us ready for change they're getting us ready to adapt and if we really just learn to channel that energy do our self-care do our you know reflect take time to take stock of, of what what you have who you are what you're doing but also plan you know like you said checklist i'm i've got it i have add so it's i need a checklist to survive um i need a whiteboard to survive i i have to use things color-coded and that's just the rhythm that i have in order to be productive if i don't set a sunday aside to do my calendar for the week my next week is just not going to look pretty and so those are the types of disciplines you know you have to know yourself and know what works for you in terms of organizing and then find Definitely. the rhythm that is your own. Don't look to the left, look to the right and say, oh, I want to do it the way they're doing it. That's yeah. a different person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's also very easy to become daunted when you see other mothers or other pregnant women, you know, really growing their business. And you're saying, okay, well, what am yeah. I not doing? You know, it's not a race. It's a marathon. Mm-hmm. And your pace is your pace. And your, you know, it's about making that decision and staying firm over it 
and, and having the discipline and the focus and the desire at the forefront as opposed to his afterthoughts. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Mimi, would you say that it's gotten, it's got easier as you've had more children? Has it got easier to juggle business and, you know, children, or would you say it's been a bit more difficult? Um, um, how would you say that process has been for you? I think it's got easier in the sense of after like your second child, it's just, it's just, you just have to go go get on and get on with it basically. Like, and so because you've, I've already set up a routine with my other two children. When the, the further two children came on, they were like, okay, this is the routine. Let's keep it moving. So, okay. um, I, cause, cause I, I plan and I have routine, I had routines in place. It was just easy to put everything into that routine because the, their, the older kids, their routine can't change. But the mm-hmm. baby's routine can change, so all you, so we just we just went with the routine, and that's literally what we've done. Yeah. Obviously, COVID came and through spanner in the work, so we've tried to find a new routine, mm. but it's a bit harder because they're used to the old routine. They're used to going out. They're used to seeing their friends. They're used to interacting. Mm-hmm. So being at home, we've had to sort manage that and still keep them entertained and mm-hmm. keep them keep their mind off negative things i know it sounds crazy but they're open to the world they see the news they hear the news they can read do you know what i mean so no matter how much we might try and protect them they know what's going on around us so yeah. i think it's been harder to adjust to this period because they're used to their routine and that that's the routine that they've had for like seven years mm. waking up getting ready going to school so um is now is the time of having to shift the routine and shift their mindset that's kind of harder with the kid because you know children yes. once they have something in their mind mm-hmm. that's it um business wise i've had to pivot as well okay. with what's happened um i've had to change my business model i've had to do mm-hmm. um offer offer cakes that i wouldn't normally offer if things were going normal mm-hmm. um it was it was hard but we finally found the rhythm so and because i made the decision i was going to change my business over the next two years this time has given me time to do that to start the pivoting now so that i've given myself two years to change and after two years if something doesn't happen i will be doing something else if that makes sense so i've had to sort of say okay if i want to do things in two years time this is my end goal i need to start from now so i've started planning for now where i want to be in two years time so and i've tried to do that and obviously um sorry i'm going off topic now um i've had to start taking new courses because as much as i enjoy making cakes i realize i do miss human interaction so i'm taking courses to see if i can do something that gets me out of cakes and interacting with other people Mm. as much as i love being an entrepreneur um sometimes you just miss interacting with people you miss Mm -hmm. the stability of a of an income you miss different things so for me I'm like okay fine I still want to be an entrepreneur and I'll still make cakes but at the same time I just want to be able to know that if I want to take a month off I don't have to worry about income because I've got income coming from somewhere else so I'm trying to pivot and doing other things as well as well as being an entrepreneur to make sure that my kids future is 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 secured wow you sound so so driven I I, I feel like it's really encouraging to hear how driven you are and how kind of like how willing you are to have that success that you you just you feel like you know that you deserve that you want absolutely yeah, yeah I I have to like, be. you have to be yeah mm-hmm. i was gonna say just I, I think it's just um awe-inspiring that you recognize that you know everything has a time and a season and you know what you needed mm-hmm. you know 10 years ago when you started the business and those needs may have changed yeah. and you're keen enough to recognize that there's some things that i've got to upskill on and, you know, be encouraged, Mimi, you've got 10 years as an entrepreneur under your belt. Any corporation will love that in their business development department and their sales department. You know, you've got so many skills that you have to acquire as an entrepreneur that when you do decide to go back to the workplace, position yourself at the top and not at that same position that you were at before, because you have been a CEO of your own company and you can run it, walk in and help run others. You know, and so I think, you know, definitely COVID offers each of us a different opportunity to look at our businesses, regardless of the sector, yes. regardless of the products that we're, we're putting out there so yes. that we can grow and we can respond to changes in the marketplace yes. and realize that our marketplace, you know, my market before was Europe 
Mm. Um, now my marketplace is Africa, US, and, and, and Europe because of that flexibility. Yeah. It's, it's forced me to digitize. It's forced me to expand. It's forced me to also leverage other people's energies so that I can expand my brand. So wow. you know, these oppor- you know, with every disaster, we say, you know, the other, the same meaning of, of disaster is the same meaning of opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, some people even look at having being pregnant unplanned as a disaster, but it's an opportunity to really respond to, to life and to adapt and to be flexible. And that's what makes you resilient. Definitely. I mean, even off of that, Alexis, even in light of COVID and everything that's been happening, I know there might be some women, some mothers who are quite hesitant about starting business. What advice do you have for them um, during this period? I think that now is the time. Like if, if COVID hasn't taught you that you are mortal <laughs> and that <laughs> you only get today, I don't know what will, you know? And I, it, it goes back to the mindset. You know, you have, to, there was a thing, there was once a time that used to say, the pain, the, the, the fear of change has to be greater. It has to be less than the hesitancy that you have to make those changes, you yeah. know? And some people become very scared about uncertainty. Mm. Honey, there's nothing certain in life. <laughs> I can walk out to the, the house today, God forbid, and something happen. There is nothing certain. If you have a desire, if you have a drive, if you have something that you want to do that you wish you did, yeah. just do it and, yeah. and experience it. And it's better to be able to look back and say, I tried it. And mm-hmm. I realized that, you know, I thought I was an entrepreneur, but I ain't. I like that yeah. regular check. Mm-hmm. You know, let me get back Absolutely. to my job versus saying, oh, I wish I could have. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, oh, even, even worse, having an idea for something that could have made a benefit or had an impact in other women's lives or other mothers' lives. Yeah. And seeing someone else created and them reap the rewards of that idea that you never followed up on or that, idea that you never went to pursue you know mm-hmm. I, I'm a believer and I believe that you know when you are tied into that human consciousness we are gifted with an, with 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 inspiration and if you are inspired to do something yes there's a reason why that inspiration has touched you yeah. you have the skills you have the intelligence you have all the tools mm-hmm. that you need to bring it to fruition yeah but that inspiration has an expiration date (laughs) and if you're not inspired to move someone else will be just as inspired and do something with it it's so interesting it's so interesting you talk about inspiration because I know growing up as a child I used to see my mom she had her job and she had you know um, her, her side hustle where she was doing hair and people would come to the house and they would have their hair done and like the income she generated from doing the side hustle helped to pay for things around the house like shopping you know like literally and I feel like I really I learned that from her that's where my inspiration to have a side hustle came from but if you don't have the inspiration from something you see I suppose it can be a little bit more difficult to find inspiration to do something well you know know? just you you start with what you're good at you know work with your hands I'm, I'm, girl, I can run two businesses because one of them is a hair business, one is a consultant business. Mm. One's with my hands, one's with my mouth. As long as both of those things are working, it's functioning. But yeah. I think it goes back to, we become so caught up in, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and the time will pass and we won't be prudent in how we manage our finances. And I think that that's something that I would emphasize even to that woman that's sitting and have, has a full-time job and is doing yeah. a side hustle, mm-hmm. you know, manage your expenses. Mm-hmm. Just because you have cash coming in don't mean that cash got to be flowing out. Absolutely. You know, if you're running a business, you're going to be running at loss for that first two years yeah. before you generate a profit. If you don't understand where your money's coming in at and how is it leaving, then you're not priming yourself to, to be successful in that business. Absolutely. You know? And during disasters, over 60% of businesses are not going to reopen. Yeah, that's any disaster. Of those who reopen, at least 90% of them will not stay open in five years time. Absolutely. So, you know, those are the statistics that you're looking at. You've got to be flexible. You've got to be adaptable. You've got to be willing to to do use whatever you got in God's glory and God's (laughs) infinite wisdom Mm -hmm. to do what's, you know, do what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, even off of that, Mimi, like, can you talk to us about how you've managed your finances um, in your business? Like, just an overview. How do you manage your, how do you manage your money? Like, so when you um, have income coming, how do you, yeah, how do you manage that? What does that look like? Gosh, obviously, I'm married to a financial advisor, so I think I'm a bit lucky in that respect. Well, that's a blessing. <laughs> yeah. we, um, we have a budget. So we have a, we have a budget and we have our, our accounts are split into three. So we have a bills account, we have a spending account, and we have a savings account. So when I get money in from um, case, whatever, the money gets, so the money goes, the money gets split. So money goes into the bills account, the money goes into my spending account, which is for like everyday things, things to do with the kids that they might need, blah, blah, blah. And we have a savings account because obviously we have a savings goal. So that's how my money gets split. I would say the first thing you need to do is budget like even full-time job entrepreneur whatever you need to know where your money's going before you can even one start thinking about how to manage your money and how to be money savvy Mm -hmm. know where your money's going from the cheapest direct debit to the most expensive direct debit put it in a spreadsheet and put all the all the list of everything there and you know how much money you need to pay out every month Mm -hmm. and then that will let you know what's left over from what's left over then you can decide okay this is how much i need to save and then from there, then you can give yourself a spending spending amount. And that's what I do. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Because some people just get their money and then they save. And then the bills go up, but they don't have enough money. And then they're having to dip into your savings. That's, that defeats the purpose of savings. Yeah. You need to pay your bills, see what's left over, then save. Yeah. And then you, need to, then you work out if you need to up your money and get a second job. Or, do you know what I mean? And then that's, how, that's how I work out my money. Because... I have to work out my money because my husband would be like, yo, are you buying? So, <laughs> you know I mean? so, so talk to us about when you realised making cakes was proper, profitable for you because obviously you wouldn't have been as profitable. Oh my gosh, you know what it is, right? Now. When I first started cake, I was dirt cheap. Like, I was literally, yeah. I was so cheap. And it got and it got to, when did I move in? My, where I live now, 2015. And I was like, do you know what? This is, I'm killing myself doing these amazing cakes. And okay. at the end of the month, I was like, there's nothing. Like, yeah. I called another cake lady and she was like, oh my gosh, Mimi, how much do you charge for your cakes? And I said, yeah, no. She's like, you're Market mad. research. She's like, what are you charging? What? Do you know how much? She's this like, average. your cakes and my cake, you put so much detail into your cakes. You should be charging double, even yeah. what I charge. Wow. And she Which, was the one that was like, no like you can't charge that cheap and I just upped my prices one day and people were like what and I was like no I'm not I'm not doing no little little girl cake prices no more like my prices literally went from like one price to like double the next day because she was like Mimi you know your worth and I think this is the issue that a lot of women whether they're mothers whether they're workers sometimes they just don't know their worth and they don't know the value of what they do to the marketplace. Yeah. Mm. You know, when you're starting off that little side hustle um, and, and you're just, okay, well, I'm going to just set a price. Have you done that market research? So the prudence is on you to do the market research so you can know what are your competitors charging? Yeah. You know, we're quick to say, oh, what are my competitors doing? No, you need to know what are your competitors charging? Definitely. Because if you are, if you are giving the high quality work and you're undercharging, you're not benefiting yourself, your brand, or your relationship with your customers, mm. except that, oh, I can get a beautiful cake for super cheap for Mimi, so and true, it'll taste so good. Yeah. And, and, but you know, at the end of the day, and at the end of the month, you'll be able to see that that effort yeah. hasn't yeah. been valued. So mm. there, you know, and a lot of women, we are very hesitant to have that conversation about money, about valuing um, our services and our products yeah. in the marketplace, mm. and being able to stand over it, you know, um, Back to the point that you were making about financial literacy, you know, there's a couple of things out there, particularly things like financial peace that teach people how to do basic budgets. Okay. I think it's critical that you have, you understand your personal finance before yeah. you even understand business finance. Mm. You know, because it, 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 you, it, you give some, you spend some, you save some. And if you're not careful, those lines will blur and you'll never see progress. Yeah. And you won't be able to say, okay, I, not only have I not valued my service and my product, but I have jacked up spending habits mm-hmm. as well, you yeah. know? And so where is yeah. the success in that? So where's mm-hmm. the success if you've got a lot of clients and you have undervalued your service to them and you, you're not benefiting? Mm. 
I feel like it goes back to what Mimi said before about, I think because she plans in advance, she's then able to kind of evaluate where she is at that moment, like at, at every step. And then in evaluating kind of constantly, then she decides whether she can kind of, whether she's going at the right pace or whether she needs to change something. Because if you're planning already for the next two years, in your head, you're being mindful of the market changes. And that's such a good, that's such a good thing to be mindful of because I feel like a lot of us just assume that the market doesn't change. And then it's not until maybe later on down the line and we're looking, thinking, I'm not making any money. What's happening? Is it me? Whereas no, it might not necessarily be you or your service. It may just be the market and how consumers are now changing how they're spending. Absolutely. And if you don't catch onto that quite quickly, then you run out of business. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the market is flat now. Yeah. Um, that, like, the mar- there is no activity or very little activity happening. And you know, if you're a person that produces products from your kitchen table, you should be looking at you know, leveling up on Amazon you know, how are you selling on Marketplace? How are you selling on Instagram? Yeah. If you're a person that's offering services, you should be upgrading those services to offer, Absolutely. also offer training mm. or offer, you know, more interactive classes using these virtual um, mechanisms. If you're a person that's, you know, doing corporate services, you've got to definitely pivot because the corporate budget cycle has completely changed and their need for your services yes. have changed. So I think for a lot of businesses, they're shaken up by COVID but it, it all, again, that's an opportunity for you to assess the market and to plan differently. And if you want to plan an exit, plan your exit and, and do it now because, again, here's an opportunity to do so. Well, um, guys, we're coming to an end now of such an amazing talk, an amazing conversation. Um, if people want to know a little bit more about you, where can we find you? How can we connect with you? Um, I'm on Instagram. It's at me, Cakes. <laughs> Oh, my website is www.meetcakes.com. So that's the main places to contact me. Wonderful. And you can contact me at free to transform and at free, the number two transform.com or free to transform at free to transform on Facebook, free dot transform on Instagram. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much once again, guys, for joining us today. Um, honestly you. it was such an insightful conversation and um you know we're wishing you all the best of luck and all the best in you know your future endeavors so thank you so much for coming on today thank you for having us this was a great conversation maybe i yeah, want to <laughs> <laughs>